Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, January 14th, 2022. Word-of-mouth advertising is a powerful thing. One reason I know that is because I live in one of the fastest-growing communities in the United States of America, here in the Treasure Valley, the Boise, Idaho area. And I don't think you've seen a lot of commercials on your television screen advertising, come to the Treasure Valley, it's an amazing place to live. But that doesn't mean that people aren't moving here in droves. Why? A lot of it is word of mouth. And even in the brief amount of time, really, I've lived here over the last few years, I've seen this cycle play out so many times where somebody moves here and then their friend comes and it goes through uh, kind of four chapters in this book. Chapter one is, "Ah, you know, we're just visiting. Chapter two is, oh, we're just looking. Chapter three is, oh, it's just an investment. Chapter four is, we live here now, right? I've seen that so many times. So many people are coming here, but a lot of it comes through word of mouth. People move here, they love it, and they call their friends wherever they move from, and they say, hey, come and see the Treasure Valley. Come and see Idaho. Come and check it out. It's awesome. And you'll notice the more you love something, the more you are likely to share it with others. Uh, and to invite them to come and see. And that's what we're going to see in the Gospel of John today, as we look at verses or chapter 1, verses 19 through 51. And so here you'll, you'll see kind of this shift that this won't be the only time we feel this this year, where the last several days it's been Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. We're looking at something in all three of those, and all three of them are talking about the same event. Well, now we go to John, and it's just John. And he's talking about some different things that we don't see. Some of this is familiar. We know who John the Baptist is. We're familiar with his ministry. But this shows us some things that we did not see in the other Gospels. But one phrase you'll even see today is that come and see. And you're going to see a lot of people in this passage pointing others to Jesus Christ. And that's where I want our prayer uh, through this passage today to be, God, help me to love Jesus more. And even just as I see people excited about Jesus in this passage, get me more excited about Jesus. Help me to realize he is so much more amazing than I regularly give him credit for. Unfortunately, we often start to take Jesus for granted. Don't do that. Don't take Jesus for granted uh, because he is amazing. He is matchless. He is marvelous. There could be no end to the glories that we could share of Jesus Christ. And this passage is going to remind us of that. And I hope it will spur us on to go to others and say, hey, come and see Jesus. And so in this passage, it starts with the testimony of John. And here people are coming to basically ask him, it seems pretty clear, they're asking him, are you the Christ? And he makes it clear, I am not the Christ. I am not Elijah. I am not the prophet. Um, And he makes all these things uh, clear. He refers to the prophet Isaiah. So that is something in common that we see uh, from the other gospels. And he talks about not being worthy to untie the strap of Jesus's sandal. Again, language that we saw in the other gospels. Um, 
And but then he's, remember, he exalts Jesus saying, he is one I am not worthy to untie his sandal. So let, let us start with that again. Well, we talked about this with the other gospels, but how really amazing, how powerful, how worthy Jesus is. John the Baptist, someone that we should look up to, he is saying, I'm not even worthy to untie the sandal of Jesus. That's how amazing Jesus is. That's how worthy he is. And we want to start there as we just really pray that God impresses upon us the worthiness of Jesus through this passage today. And then he says the famous words, In verse 29, there, as he sees Jesus coming, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Um, Just think about what that means. And again, take that personally. The Lamb of God is not just something abstract if you are a Christian. The Lamb of God is something that you should take personally. He is your uh, Passover Lamb. Uh, right, And even the, the lamb, that's probably where the, the language is most familiar to us with the concept of Passover, where they would kill a lamb and put his blood on their doorposts uh, so that the angel of death would pass over, right? And each family had to do that. And that's where you know each person needs to put their faith in Christ because you have sin. Your sin needs to be dealt with. And it basically needs to be paid for in blood. And it's either going to be yours or it's going to be the lamb of God. And I love that that's one of the first things here in this opening chapter of John is we're introduced to Jesus. From the start, John made clear he is the lamb. Uh, There's a clear element and just note of sacrifice from the get-go with what Jesus's mission was, that he came into this world to lay down his life for sinners like you and me. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that worth telling others about? And he talks about... This is the one who ranks before me because he was before me. Now, if you were paying attention as we read through the gospel of Luke, you'll remind yourself, John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus. How does he say he was before me? Hmm, maybe Jesus was preexistent because as it goes on and Jesus, or as John says in verse 34, this is the son of God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh, eternal God who took on flesh. Another reason we should worship him, another reason we we should share uh, Jesus with others and invite them to come and see. He also is described as the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Another important thing for every believer, we need the Holy Spirit. the, the New Testament especially is clear. We'd be lost without the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And Jesus is the way we get the Holy Spirit. Through faith in Christ, he is the one that baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And we should praise um, Christ for that. As later he starts to interact with the disciples, one thing that come up is that they start saying, he is the Christ. Um, they find, you know, they go find Simon Peter and say, we have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Or later, as they go and they get Nathaniel, they say, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote. Uh, again, the implication there is the Messiah, the Christ. He is the one who was fulfilled all, all the prophecies of scripture. And we've seen that now going all the way back to Genesis 3. He is the one that was spoken of. Um, he is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our our sharing. And I love what Nathaniel says. You are the son of God. We talked about that term. You are the king 
of Israel. Jesus is the king. What an amazing portrait, really, of Jesus here as people see him for the first time and then their response is they got to go get somebody else and tell them. I hope that encourages us today. We have a great Savior. Don't take that for granted and make it your mission. Hey, come come check out who Jesus is. He is the one of whom the law and the prophets wrote. He is the one who is worthy. He is the Lamb of God who could take away your sin. We need to proclaim the glory of Jesus Christ to others, and such a beautiful picture of that today in the Gospel of John. Next, let's turn to the Old Testament and look at Job 29 through 31. And this is going to be the end of kind of the extended words of Job. And in chapter 29, we see him reflecting on the good old days, really. He goes back to when things were good. And even as he talks about when things were good, he talks about really the the ways he tried to serve the Lord. You know, in verse 14, he says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. He's not like, oh, when life was good, but I wasn't really doing what I was supposed to. No, when life was good and, and I was following God, I was trying to do what was right. And then chapter 30 changes the tone, but now they laugh at me, men who are younger than I. Right, And now the tables have turned, not in a good way, on Job. And one thing we have noted uh, throughout looking at Job's things, some of the amazing statements of faith that he makes, but we've also noted some of the things that I would say are missteps in what he said, things that in a few chapters we're going to see him repent of. I came across something that was very interesting that even talked about Job. It said it's easy for us to come and to really judge the piety of biblical characters when it should be their piety that's actually judging us. Um, I found that very interesting. You know, it's easy for us to look and say, oh, well, Job could have done better. Um, When actually Job and how faithful he is through all of this should be judging us, showing, hey, you have room to grow, right? Uh, Job was not perfect in this, but he is, I think, there's other passages in scripture that confirm this. He is exemplary. And so I think it's fair for us, especially because we know the whole story, to look at some of the things Job says and say, okay, that's maybe not the most helpful thing I should say in suffering, but by no means should we be judging the piety of Job when we should come away from this book not, well, Job could have done better. We should be saying, God, I need to do better. I need to grow in my trust in you. I need to grow in my faith. And I hope that's not lost on us, that we don't come looking at Job saying, well, I would do better than that, that we are coming saying, God, help me, God, grow me through this example. And some of the mistakes we see Job make, I, Job make, I know I have made. I might even be making those mistakes right now. God, help me. Um, and one other final way that we see Job being exemplary is in chapter 31, again, when he holds on to his integrity. In verse one, he says, I made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? What would be my portion from God above and my heritage from the Almighty Almighty on high? Is not calamity for the unrighteous and disaster for the workers of iniquity? So there we see Job is not saying God doesn't judge sinners. He clearly has a sense of that. And he's saying, well, that's one reason why I'm holding on to my integrity, because if I give that up, that's going to face the judgment of God. He is a man who truly fears the Lord. 
And that is commendable. And I love what he says. I've made a covenant, you know, that I wouldn't be unfaithful to my wife or or that I wouldn't commit adultery. It's even with his eyes that he would not gaze, not even to look at a virgin. And so there we see an exemplary attitude of Job that he is someone who fears the Lord. And even though everything seems to be going on in his life, he knows I can't give up uh, fighting against temptation. I can't do something that I know would dishonor God. And I hope that's one final way through these words of Job that we are challenged to uh, fight to do what is right, to not give in to impurity or sin in any way, even when we might try to justify it or act like, well, I deserve a little bit uh, of relief through this sin. No, I I want to follow the example of Job. I want to fear the Lord and I want to walk in purity. That that should be a goal for us. And we also have to remember that, like we talked about yesterday, this righteousness, the integrity that we aim is not something that we can earn on our own. It has to be given to us through Christ. It ultimately comes through faith in the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So uh, let's put our mouths to work with word of mouth advertising of how great Jesus is is, and hopefully we are freshly impressed with how amazing our Savior is as we've looked at His Word today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.